Welcome to the Series Pod Podcast. I'm V. And I'm Andrew. Get your favourite beverage ready and join our book club. And welcome back, friends, to another episode of Series Pod Podcast. Hello, everybody. Where we read through book series, and at the moment we're reading through the in-depth series by J.D. Robb. And we have finished the first book, which was Naked and Deaf, and now we're in our second book, The Glorine Death. Indeed. And so far, I'm not impressed. <sighs> so far, we, we haven't discovered much, we just have a victim. However, on more pressing news, Andrew, yes. summer is over. No, it's not. Well, when we're recording it, it's getting to the end. But by the time this episode is out... Summer is going to last until December for me. Summer is going to last till... <laughs> This year doesn't exist. This year hasn't happened for me, so it's cool. I don't mind. Right, okay. Dream on. (laughs) (laughs) But that Monday autumn rain will hit you very soon. Yeah, I know. There better be pumpkin spice lattes, that's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I can't be. I hope our listeners are enjoying their autumn, the beginning of autumn that they've put. (gasps) What is it, Andrew? My notes for chapter four have gone. (gasps) Oh, no. That's such... Fucking shit. Technology. Uh, am I right? That means that the rest of them might have gone to. Right. No, you know what? the rest I'm of them are gone too. That's fine. I I have. No, I have five, six, and seven on my phone. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> I spent all night. Oh. Breathe, Andrew. Breathe. We're all here with you. Ah, woosa, woosa. Let's meditate. <laughs> yes, one second. I'm going to go scream into an object. Okay, 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 okay. This episode is going to be riveting as the summary in my note consists of. Two sentences. The first one, which is, Eve will have a very hard time investigating the murder. And the second one, yes, Andrew, the shocked face. And the second one is, she will have a big fight with Rourke, which is going to be so bad that they will then separate. Is that all? And that is all for this episode. Wait, hold on. You can't wait. No, no, that can't be chapter seven. Hold on. <laughs> that is today's episode. Four, five, and six, yeah? Have ended up to be two sentences. Do we have different notes? Maybe then you should start the summary. <laughs> okay, wait, no. We'll go with your first two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Rourke definitely like gives her this ultimatum. But then chapter six, you know, we find out a bit about some account stuff. We find Eve went to the funeral... To look for a suspect. Feeny's a good Catholic. Uh, not really, no. That's chapter seven. That's chapter six. No. That's on my phone. That's chapter six. I swear, like, it is chapter six in my phone. I'm looking at it right now. Hold on. Let me go back to chapter six. Oh, you mean the 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 things that Feeny found out? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, fuck. It's chapter seven. I'll take it back. Yeah. We do find a little bit of something, something in chapter six. Yeah. That's like a needle in a haystack at this point. <laughs> uh, wait, no. Apparently not, because my notes don't make sense now. Anything else you want to add to this wonderful summary? <laughs> v! Something's wrong with my notes. Oh my god, wait, this is definitely the same book. Glory and Death. Right, 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 right. Okay, so we'll just we'll just go through my notes, and if I accidentally go to a different chapter, tell me. Okay, so chapter four. Chapter four starts with Eve visiting Mavis at the 
at blue the squirrel. blue squirrel, yes, and she is dressed amazingly. She just fringes on the law of what's allowed for nudity. I can imagine it's very uncomfortable to sit in, though. I mean, she does point out that it was very uncomfortable to sit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anyone's tried to sit on like gemstones. <laughs> gemstones. If someone does that in their spare time, good for you. Yeah, it's, it, I assume it's just like sitting on rocks. It's not very comfortable. Yeah. Uh, once again, I am very confused about whether or not uh, Mavis is a good singer because Eve... It always says she screeches things out, doesn't it? Or like screams yeah. out lyrics. Eve mentioned that between her screeching and what they call wine, it made Eve's eyes water, but the crowd loved her. <laughs> Once again, I have, I, I don't know. And Eve also said that she couldn't understand any lyrics of the song. Yes, and then Mavis goes and tells Eve that she may get a recording contract. She must, she, like, she has to be good, right? I mean, yeah, crowd loves her. I thought maybe, I thought, yeah, but I thought the crowd loved her because of how she dresses. Well, obviously that is a, a, a factor when you're half naked on the stage with gemstones covering your... Bits. I don't know. I mean, Eve doesn't say that she's bad and that she, she actually, quite the opposite, she says she enjoys her singing. Yeah, but Eve also enjoys her apartment. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, her apartment sounds like a dump. But yeah, so Eve was obviously waiting for someone. Mavis or Mavis was like, is it Rourke? Ooh. And she's like, no, it's not Rourke. Mavis does suggest dinner for next day. Uh, as she ditched going on a date with a guy who owns a pet monkey, saying he was too static. He has a monkey as a pet, and that's too static for her. Mm-hmm. I want to know what she finds exciting. That's what I want to find out. I mean, I'm scared to know. <laughs> <laughs> Eve gets a call from Rourke. She's very happy about it. Big smile and all. He tells her he loves her again. And um, and she does nothing but sigh when he hangs up. Yeah. <laughs> what a bitch. She needs to get her shit together. I'm just saying. I mean, I can sort of understand, sort of can't understand her. Do tell. Do tell the listeners why you can understand. Because <laughs> I think it's unreasonable. How long have they apparently been dating now? It must be like months. Just a couple of months. They met in winter. It's only the beginning of spring. Mm, that's still a while. Oh! Yeah. Is it now? Since when is three months a big time? Well, it depends on where you live. Because if you live in the UK, winter lasts a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. We'll, we'll go on your assumption it's too early and she doesn't want to say I love you yet. I mean, I, I only said that I half understand her. No, it's okay. Everyone because... should know that how you feel, truly. <laughs> because in regards to her relationship with Rourke in specific, mm. it would seem like it, it would have been time to, to, to say that. Yeah, it's not like he's done something bad. I think maybe that might be something that... <laughs> this is ridiculous. Your cat is giving me... <laughs> Evil stares Bro, through the camera. <laughs> Makes me very uncomfortable. I don't blame you. He's fucking creeping. I know you guys can't like hear it, but my cat is like staring at the, the like camera before this. Okay, he wants pets. He's just being a pain in the ass. Yes, literally giving me this tink eye. Yeah, so maybe that's the reason. She's scared he's going to do something bad. I still think, you know, it's time. She also has commitment issues. Um. Yes, so Eve... She meets... Nadine, she got 
the she got morse off of the reporting gig for the case yeah go 19 go 19 yay 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 um they get through the deal in more details as in i scratch your back you scratch mine she still wants an exclusive though but she wants a lot i think she asked for like a bit too much do you like she wanted names and like rumors like i don't think rumors was a good shout but hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we then jump to Eve meeting Feeney at Cicely's apartment the next morning. We find out that Cicely deleted her last call on purpose and Feeney can't get to it because it's zapped. Yeah, and that's a very unusual thing for people to do. Like he said, if she was meeting like a CI or something, she could just passcode lock it. But to zap it was like a serious thing. Mm. Uh, in the apartment, Eve just sort of reconstructs the evening of the murder, and then they go visit uh, Marco Angelini, who is Cicely's ex-husband. The last time he saw Cicely was on March 18th, when she visited his house for their son's birthday. And basically the main thing we get out of this conversation is that if Cicely dies, then he gets her interest in Mercury. And that he doesn't have an alibi. It doesn't bode well, but it didn't strike me as... I mean, all it did is strike me as J.D. Rob wanted to have a red herring. And that was the ex-husband. Yeah. Oh, but even, like... I know we're going to go into the other chapters, but the people that Eve speaks to, I think... It gets too much of, like, trying to confuse the reader. Do you know what I mean? Like, it seems like everyone had a fucking interest in killing her, mm. but everyone loved her too much to kill her. Right, yeah, there will be a lot of this throughout this episode where she just talks to a lot of people and doesn't get anything to help her solve the case. Everyone loved her, probably most people would have benefited from her death, but no one wanted her dead because they loved her. Eve did ask Feeney to see if uh, Mr. Angelini was in any financial trouble because of the conversation and the fact that uh, he would get quite a substantial amount of money from his ex-wife's death. But then I think like a few people were going to like were due to get money. So it's the, so so far, like I know last week we said that, you know, I really enjoyed the start of this book. I don't enjoy this book anymore. It seems like she's thrown too much shit in the first few chapters. If in the previous book it was a steady, slow progression through the case... This book starts off very nicely, very active, engages you into the, the world building. And then it just sort of drags for the next five chapters of just Eve talking to people and not getting any... It's like, it gets a bit confusing and then it keeps bouncing back to the, her relationship with Rourke. I like the, the dynamic, but I think, you know, there's a certain amount of time. Like, how many chapters are you going to drag this out for? I'm not saying it's a bad book, I'm just saying it's like it's not as enjoyable a read as the first one. But that's how chapter 4 finishes. Yeah. <laughs> and we start chapter 5 with Eve stumbling into her apartment at 1am. After a night with Mavis, we should point out that she didn't just come home at 1am. Yeah, after the so-called dinner. She went clubbing, how old is she? Is this like a thing? As you get older, you're just like, oh fuck. Oh, but it's Mavis. Yeah, but that makes me wonder even more. How old is Mavis? How old is Eve? Oh, I think they're quite close in age range, but I would imagine Mavis being a bit younger. I think Mavis might be about 10 years younger. 
Whoa. No. Yeah, well, Eve said she arrested her. Yeah. And she sounded like a teenager when she did that. I would assume that Eve was probably like 25, 26 when she did that, no? Yeah, okay, but now Eve is like 30, so maybe this would have been like 25. Yeah, that could be it. I don't know. Um, but yep, she ba- she stumbles into bed. She falls asleep, and then... <laughs> and we're just, we're just going to say, like, Rourke, first of all, Rourke is in the bed. Like, he's in her flat again. Well, he found her. Yeah, but why is <laughs> yes. he just walking in? <laughs> if you're not going to say I love you, stop letting him use a key. Well, like, come on. we have established that Rourke and locked doors are just, like... <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> they're things that, they're just doors. But in the book, it says that she woke up violently aroused violently (laughs) (laughs) oh no she's going into detail oh no you guys don't want to hear this trust me i'm not gonna go into full detail but the way this um love scene is described in the book does not come across smooth and pleasant in any way Mm -mm. like jd rob uses such aggressively non-sexual words to describe sexual acts yeah it sounds very vulgar and coming from me who has incredibly vulgar humor i listened to it and i had to turn it off because (laughs) i was like mortified when it came like i read i think we both do don't we where we listen to our books and read it at the same time yes yes and i had looked away for like a shit you know a brief second and i heard violently aroused and i was like they can have sex again and then the description Descriptive words that came after that, I was like, oh my, oh, oh. So I just, I stopped it. I was like, stop. Yeah, like they have sex quite regularly throughout this book with descriptions. But this one, it is so, I don't know, cringy almost. It was disgusting. Like, I don't know what was going through <laughs> JD Rob's mind. I don't, I don't want to know what kind of day she was having. I just, I want to leave. They have sex. That is what happened. Yeah. It was still nighttime when he woke up first. And he was trying not to be irritated that she has chosen to sleep in her apartment rather than yeah in their bed. And I like how he puts their bed and not my house. And I mean, I kind of understand Eve. It's a big house. She's there alone with Somerset, which obviously they don't have the best relationship. Yeah. He needs to obviously understand there's... It's also, it's not her house, so I get that. I do, like, I fully got, when I read that bit, I was like, oh, he's being a drama queen. Like, it's his house, her apartment. If you want to get a place together, cool. Or at least, I don't know, make you feel a bit more at home. Yeah, you just got to fire your butler. (laughs) You just fire your butler, that would do it. He does point out to himself that he's not used to this need for someone, and more so the need for commitment which Eve has been somehow refusing him. Or at least that's what he feels like. But I think that's coming from him being in this relationship longer. So he is, you know, a few steps ahead of Eve. A few steps. Well, This man was hitting on her for the second, the (laughs) get-go. He was like, yes, we're going to sleep together. But yeah, he also says that he's not used to balancing other people's needs as well as his own. Because it's always just been like what he wants, what he needs. And this is like, okay, I need to respect how she feels, even though she should be saying I love you. But you know what? Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, it's a learning curve for the both of them, I feel. 
Yeah. She wakes up, you know, the whole breakfast and morning thing. They. <laughs> it starts out nice. Yeah, it starts out very nice. She's happy, doesn't have a hangover. Yeah, she's happy she doesn't have a hangover, which go Eve. They mentioned going to Sicily's memorial service, which will be held in a Catholic uh, cathedral. She asks him about Angelini, the ex-husband. And Rorg does confirm that he has financial troubles, but not big ones. Yeah, nothing that he can't pay for himself, basically. Yeah, and nothing that is worth killing his ex-wife. And before he was about to leave for work, he remembers he bought her a present from Australia. And it is a diamond. It's not just any diamond. It, it The way he described it, it was like... You know, one of those, like, one in ten diamonds that exist in the world. Yeah, it is a very rare, special diamond that he acquired from Australia. And he just casually auctioned for it and got it. Like, it's, like it's, like it's a paperclip. <laughs> yeah, I also think that he might have actually... He told Eve that he's going off to some business trip to Australia. But I think he actually knew that it would be auctioned off and went to buy it for her. Oh, so you think he solely went there for that? Well, no, I did think, I do think he mixed business, but I do think the, the main reason he went there is the auction. Because he did say in the previous book that he uh, goes to auctions personally. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And he generally knows when they come up. Ah, you raise a good point. Oh, that's cute. Okay, well... And that is cute. No, I think he put a lot of thought into this present. But, yeah, no, she goes into a stance and of no way I'm accepting this gift. And she just rejects it. And that snaps Rourke's patience with her. They argue pretty intensely. So intensely that they split up. He says... She says, you can't just walk. And he's like, oh, yeah, I can. And then he walks out of her life. And he doesn't look back, and that's it. <laughs> he needs more than just sex. And she's like, it's not just sex. And in his mind, I bet he's thinking, yeah, it's sex and coffee. But nah, he just... He leaves. And she's hurt and upset. Well, she should be. But her pride is, you know, way over her head. So she decides to bury herself in work rather than face... Face the problems, yes. I feel like we both did that at uni, so we have no ground, like no legs to walk on or stand on, whatever the fucking stupid saying is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go visit Commander Whitney in his office. Yeah. Am I right in thinking that she said she didn't know if Cic Sicily was involved in illegal activities? I think she does say that. Because then Whitney asks her, like, oh no, Eve said, because Whitney asked her something, and she said, are you asking as a friend or as a commander? And then she says, like, she doesn't know 100% if she was involved in something illegal. Oh, well, it wasn't, like, illegal, illegal. It was... So as far as I understand, there's this sort of layer of people that are, like, not spies. There's a specific word that they use for it. And to use those for your cases and stuff is kind of illegal. And I think what they were pointing out is that she went at night to meet one of those to get some, 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 some information. Some juicy that was not legally obtainable. Kind of like what Eve did in the last book, but through a person. Kind of, yeah. Ah, right. Okay. I miss, I like completely misread that. But all in all, nothing of substance happens. 
from their conversation apart from him telling her that uh, he will call his wife to expect her because Cicely's children are staying with them and she needs to interview them and that's it so we go meet Anna Whitney um, the children at that point left with their father to see the arch- archbishop mm-hmm. so Eve just speaks to Anna not a whole lot came from that conversation but this is where we get this sort of character building and in this conversation we have this thing that usually happens in like movies and stuff sort of like karma but not really you know when in a movie a couple breaks up yeah and then he or she goes about their day and all they see is happy couples or something so we get a little bit of that where in the conversation anna says that sicily is a strong woman but even strong women need an arm to lean on now and then yeah and then immediately eve was thinking of rourke that you're right that is like such a typical thing to see in a movie but there's unnecessary character building in this book i mean yeah but you know our main lovebirds I now know more. We need to fill out <laughs> the story <laughs> that is, with That something. is genuinely how this book actually feels to me right now. Is yeah. There's just filler. My cat yeah. just took a shit, went back to look at it, and is disgusted by his own shit. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe what I've just seen. Rolly, you're disgusting. Right. Anyway. Yeah. It, like, If these characters were going to last a longer time than a book, maybe two. Yeah, sure. But we like we both everyone knows that like a murderer per book or like the same similar theme. It's not they're not going to feature again. Well, I mean, Whitney's wife might. Whitney and yeah, but I think she was talking about. um... But then they do talk about uh, Hammett and his relationship with Sicily. And and she said he wasn't a good fit for her or a good match. And it was Hammett's idea to live separately. Mm. And Cicely wasn't serious enough about Hammett to risk the argument, I suppose. After we talk to Anna, Eve decides to dig into David, the son. And then she gets out onto the street and then very abruptly she busts a car thief. That... And that's the end of chapter 5! What is with this random shit that just goes popped in? Like, I remember in the last book, there was also something random that just happened that was so unnecessary. Oh, the custard pie. Yeah, this is exactly how that felt. Like, what are we supposed to think? She's just a normal cop? Like, what is the the value in adding this? I don't know. But, I mean, if you want another crime within the big crime... We have seen J.D. Robb write about it in a normal way when she went for a candy bar and then gone to the whole homemade explosive. Yeah. But that continued the story as a nice string of events. It Yeah, it, it didn't feel super... Ra- it was random, but it wasn't like... Eve pulled over, saw someone breaking into a house and thought to herself, do I want to do the paperwork? Yeah, sure. And just... And that was it. Chapter 5 and chapter 6 start with Eve getting ready for the funeral because we love a funeral and attending one to find if the killer is there. Indeed. And just for the sake um, purposes, let's say the killer is at the funeral. How would she know? 
How would she find out? Spidey sense? There's no CCTV, there's no images, there's no voice record, there's nothing. She, unless they were carrying the umbrella and the knife. But anyway, you know, uh, we do get a call from Finney who found out um, one thing that David did is he had withdrawn three large payments from his accounts over the last six months. Something's going on there. Which were about 1.6 million and was over half his savings. Yeah. She puts on the grey suit, which was missing the button again. And of course, Roar comes into her mind. Because he still has the button like a creep. But, Andrew, I do have an update for you on the whole sweet hard hair. Okay. I couldn't just let that go. No, curiosity burns in you. So I did some research. <laughs> yeah. Okay, do tell. So now I'm going to regurgitate to you what I have found out. And I have some, well, not beef to pick with JD Rob. Maybe some pork. Some tofu. Some tofu. Yeah, there we go. Some tofu to pick with JD Rob. Because historically, giving a lock of one's hair to someone has been considered a sign of love and devotion, especially before an impending separation. It is still a popular trope in fiction so far so good it's a historical thing it's before people had pictures it's symbolic it's weird it's very serial killer like but fair enough so it's not as if the guy runs up and cuts <laughs> the girl's hair yes okay i get you yeah it's a symbiotic you know decision she does it and then gives it to him he's like oh thank you sweetheart <laughs> while she sleeps or hugs just now this is where the tofu comes in oh fists are clenched <laughs> an old irish superstition holds that it is unlucky to accept a lock of hair or a four-footed beast whatever that means from a lover oh shit she really fucked up because Rourke is Irish. Yes, if somehow we've forgotten until now, Rourke is a Irish man. So when he said it is as if this button is, you know, a sweetheart lock of hair, to him, this is a bad omen. <laughs> yeah, this is like the worst thing you could get. <laughs> there is the four-footed beast, so let's not forget about that. But still, I mean, okay, this book is published in 1995, so no wiki. <laughs> but she could have gotten some... Yeah, I think if she's going to use a term, like, especially like that. Yeah, don't just throw some random shit in. This isn't a high school paper. Research it. So I think this is this is where my tofu comes from. Yeah, I'm not impressed with that, to be fair. That's making me dislike this book more. <laughs> I already dislike this book. Yeah, we're not, <laughs> yeah, totally we're for not sure. buying at any points, are we? Nah. So... Fini joined her in the church. Rourke is there with some teary-eyed blonde who's all over his shoulder, which I was not cool with because he knows exactly what he's doing. He's a bitter, bitter man. He's being petty. He's doing me kind of shit. Yeah. He's so petty here. It is unbelievable. I, I wasn't impressed when I read it. I was like, well, actually, no. I was a bit like, hmm, this is interesting. <laughs> Some Susan woman. Some Susan woman. Another one we got tofu with. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but we also find out that Feeney's a good Catholic man and doesn't appreciate Eve swearing. But then, okay, so, you know, in the chapter before, Nadine got rid of CJ Morse from this story. Right. 
CJ Moss was in the church. He's at the church and Eve swore out loud and he told her off because... It's a church and you should be respectful. Yes. Finney also being so sweet and in Eve's team and offered to beat Rourke up for being with the blonde. <laughs> so I'm there with Finney because that was a petty move. I mean, she didn't say I love you, so it is what it is, boys. It's cool. It's all right. But then she does bump into him. Yes, she runs into him and it's a very passive aggressive conversation. But he does give her a hint that Randall, do- uh, Cicely's daughter's fiance, had uh, gambling problems and he was in some scandal in a casino which was or still is owned by Rourke. Yeah, because he said like, Randall owes money to several people. I would know because I'm one of them. But also he mentioned that um, Angelini is the same, like in the exact same paragraph. Yeah, so they both owe money. But then I wasn't sure if they both had gambling problems or like... That was never really clear. I think they both gambled, but Randall is the one who got into way bigger trouble because of gambling. Oh, okay, okay. We go to speak to Cicely's daughter, Marina? Mirina? Myrina? Marina. Uh, she is tranked as she was understandably very upset. And her father wanted to put this view of a strong family image. Yeah, I never understand why people do that. Yeah, I don't either. It gave me very much Sharon de Blas vibes, like the whole de Blas family. Yeah, uh, once again, we don't get any sustenance from this conversation either. I mean, in my personal opinion, the only thing we do get is that, again, the um, couple breaks up and all they see is happy people in love. When she says, in regards to her mother's relationship with Hammett, is that when you love someone, you have to be with them, don't you? To be a part of their life and have them be a part of yours. So once again, we get those like little... Weird vibes. Little, yeah. Yeah, because she, she even said that Hammett was happy letting the relationship drift as it was. Like, was she, like, was this an actual relationship or was there something else to it that no one knows? I have no idea. Honestly, we don't get any anything to even speculate on. No. And well, we also find out that Cicely didn't know about uh, Randall's gambling debt. Then we move on to interviewing David, the son. He was stiff and impatient. No information helpful to the case there either. Then we move to Randall. He gave me very much dickhead vibes. Like he did not seem nice. Yeah. There is something fishy about yeah. Randall. I, I reckon that his debts are not being paid. Or there is something more to it. But we do find out that he hasn't told Marina about the whole scandal that happened in the casino. But we do find out a little bit about the scandal. Is that a woman died of overdose with him in the room. That's sort of the gist. Then Hammett asks to speak with Eve being very dramatic once again no substance to this that's like that's what i'm saying what's that like three chapters that there's nothing going on yeah this one i feel like once again jd rob just wants to hammer down that Hamid is a red herring like it's so obvious by the way she writes it that she really wants the readers to believe that Hamid 
did something. But it switches up because at the start of the book, she was like, Hammer and Sicily were madly in love. Like they were happy the way they were. And then all of a sudden we find out that they weren't actually that love, but they still liked each other. They just like it was his idea to live separately. But before it was her idea, it's like, I don't know. This this book just frustrates me. Yeah. And she asks Feeney to dig into the scandal. Yeah. And that is the end of chapter six. And that is the end of today's episode. <laughs> this one just doesn't give us any progression through the case. No. Unfortunately. But it does speed up in the next couple of um, episodes. It does. And at least this, like these few chapters, we dove a bit more into character building. (laughs) Andrew just rolled his eyes. (laughs) It's pointless. I don't care about these characters. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you didn't, feel free to give a thumbs down. I don't care. (laughs) Because I didn't either. Oh, we're going down the route. Is that bad promo still promo? <laughs> oh, God, no. Cut this out. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode. This episode is available at Series Pod on YouTube, iTunes Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. And for those of you who like the creme de la creme of audio platforms rather than the mainstream ones we're also available on podcast addict and on our website link to which you can find on our instagram speaking of instagram for updates and fun content you can follow us there and if you have a personal favorite audio platform we are currently not on please do tell us and we will do our best to get us on there and before we go a very special thank you to our patreons for supporting us if you want to support us too you can go to patreon.com forward slash series pod and in return we post the podcast there early as well as include some fan outtakes and we also hope you're having a wonderful start to the autumn season indeed hope all everyone's having their pumpkin spice lattes yes Hopefully the Starbucks comes through with the pumpkin spice. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> hey, even Costa does them. I'm good with that. Ah, uh, see, there you go. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.